Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Bobby, we love you. How long have you been waiting for this and how good does it feel? Well, first of all, it's unbelievable. My goal was to win a Stanley Cup. I never got to win it three times there. But this year, I got my parade, and it was a heck of a parade. Thank you, St. Louis. You're the greatest fan. John Kelly with Bob Plager a couple of years ago at the Blues Parade. That was a celebration right under the arch, and the voice of the Blues on FS Midwest, John Kelly, joins us now on 101 ESPN. And, J.K., first of all, thanks so much. We know that this is a tough time for you and the Kelly family, obviously very close to the Plager family. So we appreciate you coming on. No problem, Randy. Uh, I want to start with this because my guess is that you literally grew up with Bob Plager as a part of your life. Yes, I did. I was eight years old when I first moved to St. Louis, and um, my dad came the second year and, you know, got to know the, the players a little bit. At that age, Randy, I didn't go to many games, but the one thing the Blues did, the Solomon family, they were so generous, they would take everybody, and I mean everybody, the players, the broadcasters, the trainers, on an all-expense 10-day trip every year to Miami Beach. They had a hotel down there, the Golden Strand, and I, I just remember vividly, um, Bobby was single at the time, and most of the players were married with kids. So I remember standing around the lobby, getting ready for dinner with all the kids. All the kids ate together every night, and Bobby would would come in the lobby, and maybe he was getting ready to go out, and he'd start with the jokes and the one-liners with the kids. So even back then, he was he was a jokester, and he was making people happy and laugh. And that that's really my first recollection to Bobby Plager back in 1969. John, it seems like he was never in a bad mood. He always had a smile. He always had time for someone, and he always had a joke up his sleeve. Yeah, you, you sum it up very well, Michelle. And, again, every time you left his, his company or his presence, you were laughing or smiling. I, I can't tell you the number of hours I spent in Mike Caruso's office, who, of course, is head of PR for the Blues, and Mike's been there since 1988. And before the renovation, he had a big office um, not far from the visitor locker room at Enterprise. And Mike had a couple of chairs in there. He had a couch, um, obviously his desk. And every time I went in to see Mike and talk to him and, you know, just uh, shoot the breeze, Bob Plager was in there. And invariably it would turn into stories and, and, and jokes and one line. And then he'd come back for the game at 5 o'clock and, and go see Mike. And guess who was in the office? Bob Plager. <laughs> I mean, he was always around. And, and you always love to see him. And the amount of time, uh, guys, that he spent selling the blues in the game of hockey, you know, you know, literally thousands of times that man went to golf tournaments and, and banquets and fundraisers and talked to the people, took pictures, signed autographs. He, were, he really was a, a, a man of the people 
And that's why he was so loved in St. Louis. Yeah, you just led me right into my question I was going to ask you, J.K., and it's Danny Mac. Great to hear you. Uh, looking forward to the broadcast tonight. Um, your dad taught us hockey. Uh, a lot of people that grew up listening to your father, that broadcast is how we became fans of the Blues. And then you have Bob Plager, who is an original Blue and is through the ups and downs. And, man, there were a lot of ups and downs um, with this franchise it made me wonder, has there been, and Michelle posed this question, has there been a more important member of the St. Louis Blues as a player, uh, part-time broadcaster, guy going out to his restaurant all the time, all the different things and charitable efforts, but being visible in the community that made sure that, uh, that Blues hockey was always front and center? Has there been a more important person in that franchise's history? The simple answer is no. And a lot of people, Danny, as you know, have done a lot of great things, a lot of great players, some of the best in the game, a lot of wonderful coaches and people. But from day one until yesterday, nobody did that. And he sold the team better than any marketing campaign or PR campaign or, or slogan could ever do. I mean, he was just the blues. And wherever he was, he was the piper of St. Louis hockey. And, you know, I say and. You know, I'm not sure if, uh, if you would agree or not, Dan, but he, to me, he was a stand mutual of the St. Louis Blues. Absolutely. Um, a beloved figure who everybody loved. And obviously he didn't have a Hall of Fame career as a player. We know that, and Stan certainly did. But as far as selling the Blues again and the game of hockey, he was our stand mutual. And I, I really feel that this organization will never be the same. Part of the, the soul of this franchise is gone forever now. It's, it's tragic. It really is. And, J.K., we've talked about and we just played the interview that you did with him up on the stage after the Stanley Cup, but Bobby stuck through it. We mentioned these 50 years. Man, there were some rough times there in the mid-first part of the 2000s uh, when they finished in last place. They had a couple of really high picks, but he stuck around for that too, whether it was Keenan or whether it was Kitchen or whether it was winning a Stanley Cup. He was the constant. Hey, for, the eighties weren't great either, and he was there <laughs> no, through all that too. Right? Yeah. So he he was he was the constant, and he was the, the constant with a smile on his face. Well, exactly, and you know he 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 was well known around the entire league, as you know, and you know just loved around not just around St. Louis but around the, the entire NHL. Yeah, I mean, at one point, the Blues had three employees. It was it was Ron Caron. It was Ted Hampson, the director of scouting, and Bob Plager. That's it. It, it was a summer where they were up for sale, and I can't remember you know, at, at what point or what year it was, but they had three employees, including Bob Plager, who at that time was like, um, he wasn't a head amateur scout, but he was, he was a head scout for the Blues. So, yeah, I mean, he was just there forever, and his legacy with his brothers, you know, not many teams have had three brothers play at the same time. I know Scotty Bowman in one game in Montreal, uh, started all three as forwards, and they were all three defensemen, as we know. <laughs> and that was a big thrill for Bobby. But, you know, I'm so happy that Bobby got his parade and his Stanley Cup and was on the ice in Boston. And they also retired his jersey a, a few years ago, as you guys know. And I know what that meant to him to see his number five go up in the rafters next to his beloved brother and, you know, have the eight come down and sort of serenaded back up to the to the top of the building. It was a it was a special night. So Bobby got to have that ultimate honor and also win the cup. So, you know, he, he certainly accomplished a lot and certainly did a lot in his life. 
You mentioned the cup and the parade, and we actually opened your interview playing um, a soundbite from that day where you were talking to Bob on the stage there. And I think when the Blues won the cup, most people thought about their family and their connection to Blues hockey. And then right behind it for a lot of people was that they were happy for Bob Plager to have that moment. So, John, what do you remember from that day? What do you remember about watching Bob Plager experience that parade? Well, I was around Bobby the night we won. Actually, uh, you know, I did the second period with uh, with Chris in the radio booth and Joey, and then I went around to the other side in the auxiliary press box, and that's where all the Blues players that weren't playing were, were sitting, and Bobby was there as well for a while. And, and so we got to, you know, experience that for a while and then in the locker room. Um, but the parade itself and the stage, yeah, he it was it was obviously one of the greatest moments of his life. And, uh, you know, I really feel, you know, this is the kind of guy Bobby was. He said, I'm so happy. I've waited, you know, all my life, but I'm so happy for the fans. And he truly felt that way because, you know, I feel the same way. I mean, so many people, guys, waited. And they, they went to the arena on a cold winter's night and, you know, walked across the, the walkway over to Forest Park to get their car after the game or waited in traffic behind the arena, you know, night after night, year after year, or waited in the parking garage after a game at Enterprise Center. They were so loyal, and all they wanted was one cup. And now that we have one, we want more. But they got their cup. So I think that, to me, you know, said it all. is is just Bobby and wanting so badly to win a cup for himself, but really more importantly for all those great fans. J.K., the, the night the Blues won the cup, I told the story earlier, the first person I thought of was my, my late father. He's been gone a long time, but absolutely bled blue. I, he loved the St. Louis Blues. The next guy I thought about was Bobby Plager, and then I thought about you and your father what what kind of memories what kind of emotions that night came to you when you started thinking about bobby plager and winning that cup yeah you know i was uh, bernie federica was was up there with me and, and darren pang as, as well and you know i don't know it's hard to put in words dan it, it just meant so much because ever since i was eight years old when i came here and i saw the blues in the final in 1969 losing in four straight i was i was at the arena the night montreal won game four at the arena, and they prayed to the cup around the building. And then the next year, of course, they got swept by Boston on the Bobby Orr goal, and they had not been back since. So you sort of felt as a kid, man, this is an incredible <laughs> franchise with Scotty Bowman and Al Arbor and the Plager brothers and Red Barrons, and they're going to just keep on going, and they're going to keep on winning and hopefully win Stanley Cups. Well, guess what? It didn't happen <laughs> until 19. So, you know, it, it was just such an incredible moment. In a way, you thought it would never happen, guys, because there had been so much heartbreak over the years, as we know, the, the Eisenman goal in 96 and some of the other ones. But it was our time, and I, I felt, uh, I don't know, I felt a strange calmness about me the night of Game 7 in, in, at home against Dallas in, in overtime. I just felt, I kept looking at my dad's banner and, and Bark's banner, and I said, come on, we just need one goal here. Let's, let's go. And I was calm. And we got the goal from Maroon. And at that point, I felt they're going to win the cup. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure of Bobby's feelings at that time, but I do know that the night we won and he was in the locker room and the players loved him on the plane, obviously coming home. It was one of the greatest, it was one of the greatest nights of my life. And I'm sure it was for Bobby as well. Well, JK, it's great to hear your uh, memories of Bobby Plager, and uh, you're right. The the soul of the blues is gone, and it'll never be the same. But, man, the memories are great. The memories are great. They'll go on forever. And you know what's really ironic, guys, is that, as we know, Bobby died in a car accident at Vandevenor, 
and he drove by the site of the old arena one more time on his way down to Enterprise. He was going to a ceremony. Um, the, the, the duo dog they had graduated named Bark. So he, he drove by the old arena one more time, and then he was headed to the arena to honor Bark the dog, and he passed away. I just think it's, it's, it's very uh, special of that those things occurred on, on the day he did pass away. It, it really is. It's it, fitting in a way. J.K., thanks for taking some time with us. Always good to hear your voice, and we'll be tuned in tonight. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Thank you. That is the voice of the Blues on FS Midwest, soon to be Bally's Sports. John Kelly on 101 ESPN. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.